Did we go off? Nope, we didn't. I just wasn't speaking the right way. Okay. Let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Jesus, we praise your holy name today. We love you, Lord. What else can we say? We love you, and we thank you for speaking to us, talking to us, leading us, guiding us, Jesus, uh, in ways that we are aware and in ways that we're not aware. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. We open our hearts up to you today as every day. But, Lord, this is your day, Sunday. And um, we're just thankful to be here. We're thankful to be back. We love you. And we pray, Lord, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be acceptable to you. In your holy name, amen. Do you have hurts today? Physically, mentally. Emotionally, spiritually. Did something happen to you that you feel is unforgivable? I think most of us have been there. Did someone close to you hurt you? Do you have a physical disease or ailment that there's no cure for? And do you not have insurance to pay for it? Have you poured yourself out? And know that you know it's not being returned. You know, when I moved in with James and Debbie Ashworth for those few months, they became spiritual mom and dad to me. I knew two things when I came down here. I knew that I was saved, and I knew that somewhere out there, there was a man for me that Jesus wanted me to marry, right? And, um, but as I moved in with them uh, and started going to church, I started getting discipled and, of course, read the Bible, prayed, all the things. I read a book uh, put out by Lauren Helm. Um, and in so doing all of those things, I learned how to, uh, I learned about denying yourself picking up your cross, and following Jesus. Now, sometimes as we've gone through the years, we've been able to do it. Sometimes we have fallen down and not done it very gracefully. But we have endeavored to do it just like every one of you here. Um, one time, James said to me, praise him when it hurts the most. Well, I'll tell you what was going on in my life at the time. I had a herniated disc. I had spinal fluid oozing uh, out of my back. And this was probably my second herniated disc. So I knew what I was looking at. The kicker was I didn't have any medical insurance. What are we going to do? Well, guess what? We're going to trust Jesus. James reminded me and said to me, Cynthia, praise him. When it hurts the most, praise him. And when I got off the phone after talking to him, I set that as my mission and my goal, to praise him when my back hurt the most. And guess what? Jesus came through for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so grateful. 
That means you praise him when you don't want to, whether it's a physical need, whether it's a mental, emotional need, whether it's a spiritual need, whatever your need is that you're going through, it goes further than physical. When, it, when whatever your situation you're going through hurts the most, if you can praise him, if you can get that out with your heart, Jesus is there and he will pick you up and out of that pit that you are in. And I thank him for it and I praise him for it. Hallelujah. And if you're not willing to do that, you can pray, Jesus, help me to be made willing to be made willing. And that what we heard from one of our mentors, honey, Jesse Kirk. If you can't do it, yes, pray to be willing to be made willing. Because that counts in the kingdom too. I'm thankful. Hallelujah. It is a place to start. Jesus, we thank you for today. We honor you. We glorify you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, if there are those, Jesus, under the sound of my voice that need to be willing to be made willing, we pray, Jesus, that you would help them to uh, just hold on to that prayer and claim it right now. Lord, help me to be willing to be made willing to praise you when it hurts the most. We praise you today, Lord. You're the answer to everything. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And we thank you and we praise you and we honor you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. And if there are those under the sound of my voice that don't know you, Jesus, and they know they don't know you or they have let go of you, here's your opportunity. Jesus, we pray for cleansing of the mind, the soul, the spirit, the body, everything. Everything that we've said, done, thought, anything wrong in Jesus' name. And now we are forgiven and we are cleansed. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's one too. Yep. Uh, what she's referring to is Reese Howells from his book, The Intercessor. Um, he got to a place where he didn't, he didn't know how to do God's will, and he was honest. He said, God, I don't know how to do this. You ever been there? God's response was honest back. He said, are you willing to be made willing? He thought. He said, I can do that. And God got into where he wanted him to be in the end. God's always going to make a way of escape. God's always going to make a way for you to do it. God's never going to ask you to do anything that he hasn't made a way for you to do it. Nothing. Uh, concerning healing, her healing or any one of us, once we get the revelation that by stripes you were healed, once we get that revelation, then it's done. We don't, if you go to God and ask him a question, you're assuming there are different possible answers that you wouldn't ask, Right? That's why it's not good to pray for someone to say, Lord, would you heal them? You're leaving the door open for doubt. 
because you're assuming at that point you don't know what he's going to do. That's the essence of our question. So keep that in mind when you pray. Our job is to believe. God's job has already been done. We are on part 14 of paying it forward. This may be our last week. We may have one more. We'll see how it goes today because I want to review a little bit as well some point I made in the past. I know last week we had our picnic and we didn't meet together, but the week before that. So we're glad to have you with us, whether you're online, whether you're watching later or here live in the service today. Welcome to our class, our, our class that we had before service at 11. And we started 10 Sunday morning, so we're glad to have you. My wife, Cynthia, I'm John Sandy. We have our in Gassaway, and uh, we are here to instruct. We are here to encourage. In fact, right now, I'm finishing up a whole series, 52 weeks of encouragement. How to encourage others while you're encouraging yourself. And I've been working on this for a while. So, uh, I'll tell you more about that when that's, re- when that's completely done. Um, you know, all we have to do is ask and then believe. Ask and then believe. Hebrews 13, 8, last time we were together, we gave this scripture. It's also in Malachi 3, 6. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We all know that scripture. We've all memorized it. We know it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What we have to be careful with is don't become unfamiliar with the scripture. How do we do that? You quote it so often that you really don't even think what you're saying anymore. You just quote it. You need to stay familiar with the scripture. It needs to stay fresh every day. Why? Because faith is what brings it alive. And if it's not fresh, your faith isn't going to be there either. You, just, you know, it's one thing that I quote people. Nothing wrong with quoting people. But the bottom line is, in order for it to activate in your life, you have to have the same revelation they have. And once you have that revelation, now you can speak someone's quote with power and with authority, which God gave you. So we have, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, here's the way we look at that scripture. He's the same yesterday. How many of y'all have a testimony that goes back at least 10 years? Nothing wrong with that. Here's the problem. If that's the last testimony you have. We don't serve a God yesterday. He's the God of yesterday. He's in control. We have a lot to praise Him for. He's not the God for yesterday. He's the God of today. So he's an ever-present God. So this scripture is telling us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today meaning he's fresh. Word up, as they used to say. I remember uh, Carmen, if anybody remembers Carmen, fresh and word up and things like that. And forever. Now, forever doesn't mean, Lord, I am praying that sometime in the future you do this or that. That means you are hoping. You don't have a hope. You are hoping. And there's a totally difference in those two. The world prays hoping. Many Christians pray hoping. I do believe, I do believe, trying to talk yourself into it as the lion in the Wizard of Oz. 
I like the third one. I do believe. He's hoping. Do you pray hoping? Oh, Lord, please heal them. Lord, oh, God, I beg you. I cry out to you. Oh, Lord, you know what they're going through. It's awful and this and that. So you're trying to talk God into caring. You're trying to talk God into answering and to hearing your prayer and put you at the top of the list because there's so many prayer requests. He has to get to yours, put him at the top. See, that's how we see God. That's our image of God. He's not, the, he's not the God of tomorrow in the sense that we are hoping he'll answer something in the future. That leads the door open for doubt again. He is the God of the future forever, meaning he is always ever with us. He is always ever present in time of need. I don't know about you, but when I have a need, I want to go to someone that I can talk to right now. Not someone that I can tell you 10 years ago he answered my prayer, but I have nothing current since then, nothing fresh. See, the God of yesterday, today, and forever is a forever fresh God. Yes, he did things in the past, but do you continue to have updated revelation and witnessing and testimonies from the past, whether it be yesterday or today? He's the God of today. We know that. He's an ever-present God in time of need, the God of forever. Whatever you ask for, he's already taken care of, listen, in the future. Do you get that? He's taking care of your future today. Do you get it? We're not asking him or begging him to do something in the future. He's already taken care of the future in the past. When he said it's finished, he meant literally it is finished. There's nothing left for me to do. Nothing left for Jesus to do throughout eternity except to prepare a place for you. And he's doing that now. That's still present. God is always present. Never look at him as the past God or a future God. If you do, you leave room for doubt for the future and you grow stale in the past. Do I have a testimony from yesterday? Sure. <clears throat> Do I have something from this morning? Sure. I could say things today. Um, my wife and I, I don't know if I shared this last time we were together or not. Did I, honey, about the Wendy's experience? I don't remember if I shared that. Can't remember. Uh, but we always have our antenna up to see where God wants to use us. But the trick is, you've got to be aware of Him because you can let your schedule override God's will in your life. God can do both. Did you know that? He can, you can have a schedule. You work, you play, you take care of kids, you drive them here, <clears throat> sports, <clears throat> excuse me. Whatever the situation is, there's things going on in our life. God knows that. There's things we have to do. We work to pay bills. We need time to rest. All those things. But if our antenna's up, then the whole time he's still using us because he has access to us. So he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he is ever present. When you go to God, you don't go to God to ask him if he'll do something. You go to his word and see what he's already promised. And whatever he's promised, he's already paid for. God's not going to promise anything that has not already been paid for. So we learn in Malachi 3.6 that he is ever present, omnipresent. He's, he's just an awesome God. So, we have a God that never fails. And as I mentioned, 
we had three things to remember in exercising our faith muscle. You can't please him without faith. There's nothing in this world you could work out, act out, live out that will please him, listen, unless you do it in faith. I don't care how many charities you help. I don't care how often you fast. Well, fasting, that's of God. Well, the Pharisees did that. The Pharisees prayed. Yeah, they did all that. But they did it in public so they could get praise. What do you do in the secret place? That's what God wants to know. And so we are called to walk today freshly with him. Anybody ever say to you, do you have a testimony? You should have something fresh like that. Fresh. Because you're walking with him. See, as I have in my notes here, doctors operate in functional authority. And we'll get into that a little bit. You and I operate in a world, but you know what? Whether you think about it or not, you and I walk as if we were in the Old Testament. What do I mean by that? We, we, we live by laws. We have a certain amount of laws in our life that are in, that's part of being functional authority. Functional authority is limited. Doctors have functional authority. They can diagnose you. They can even bring healing to you and medicines and things. But that's limited. You don't have functional authority. You have full authority. Ooh, did I say that? In other words, we think as we walk with God, now listen to what I'm going to say here. We think as we walk with God that we operate just as a functional authority, like maybe God will help me, maybe God will be there, maybe he'll do this. And we go about our lives living under the law. And we all do. We have gravity. That's a law of nature. Listen to this. Everything God has created, he put a law with it. Now, why do you do that? So that you would know your boundaries. I don't, as I've mentioned before, I don't care how close you walk with God. If you step off a 10-story building, you're going to die. No matter how close you walk with God. Why? Because that is a law of nature. Now, his promises have laws. God said, I'll do this if you do that. If you do this, I will do that. Now, not what, he's not saying that if you do that, you earn it. Please, you've got to hear this, folks. He's not saying if you do this, you'll earn it, and I'll give it to you. No, he's saying if you do this, your faith will kick in, and it's yours. That's what he's saying. It's already taken care of. It's done. You should not accept anything that comes against your body, your mind, your life, your family, if God's already promised an answer to that. Amen? That means if God's promised something, all you have to do is believe, have faith, and it's yours. That's what he's telling us. You don't have to ask him and beg him for something. You don't have to make him familiar with everything the doctor said to get his attention. You don't have to do any of that. You have to simply believe that what he said is true, and I'm going to stand on it. Now, you can stretch your faith. I mentioned that. You know, you, you stretch your faith three basic ways I mentioned stretching your faith, right? One way to stretch your faith is to be really thankful for what God has done. You can't praise him without first being thankful. That's why he said, 
Enter in my gates with thanksgiving, my courts of praise. You can't come into the, the courts are the inner area. See, the, the, well, we could get off on this. The temple had a holy area and holy of holies area. You had the outer court was surrounded by curtains. <clears throat> this is where they offered up sacrifice and incense, which is symbolic of prayers. But in the inner courts, you had the holies and you had the holy of holies. You, he said, enter my gates with thanksgiving. That's the inner court, the outer court. And my courts of praise. You can't praise him unless you're first thankful. Did you know that? Are you great? Are you really thankful for what God has done for you in the past? Now you can praise him. So he's wanting to uh, get our hearts in a situation where we can receive. So you've got all that about the courts. So you have three ways to exercise your muscles. One is to really be thankful. And this is not a little thing, folks. Really be thankful. Have you stopped being thankful for things he's done in the past and start complaining? Have you ever done that? Will you complain? When you start complaining, check yourself right there because you just stop right there. Because as long as you're complaining, you're not thankful. Well, I need this. It hasn't happened. No, no, I'm talking about being thankful for what he already did. If you are done something for your children and they are thankful and then later on they're not so thankful for it, they lose that thankfulness. So exercise your faith muscle by truly being thankful. Secondly, bless things. We have a tree that's been dying, and I've been praying over it and blessing it. I go out to my plants, and I water them. I go, I, I talk to them. I say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I talk to them. You, you can do that. You bless things. So we bless things. Now, this is all in review, so please forgive me for doing this. We may have some with us today that haven't heard this yet. And thirdly, take authority. Now, this is something that will never end. You need to take authority. You, first of all, you got to know your authority. When you get into the military, you find out what your rank is, and you find out what your authority is under that title. Lieutenant, Lieutenant General, Colonel, uh, General, Four-Star General as opposed to One-Star General, Commander-in-Chief, the President. These are all titles. Once you've been given a title, you want to find out, what are my authorities? Well, the Bible lays it out what your authorities are. You have all authority out. You have the mind of Christ. He said, as I am, so are you in this world. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He has given you full authority on earth. The same spirit that raised him the dead lives in you. That same spirit will quicken your mortal body. You have full authority. Well, I don't see it. Well, how much time do you spend with him? I'm serious. How much time do you spend with them? Whether it's studying the Word, listening to sermons, praise and worship music, speaking in your prayer language, which you should do a lot of. How much time do you spend with them? That will answer your question why you don't see answers. Now, folks, this is tough stuff. This is hard to swallow. This is tough medicine. But I'm telling you, we're not going to change until we change. Let me say that again. We're not going to change until we change. You have to change your lifestyle a little bit. Now, there are people that love certain sporting events. There's nothing wrong with them. But sometimes God will say, I want your time that you spend right there. Why? Because I, I, I want to get closer to you. I want to do more with you. I want to see, I want to manifest in you more than I see. 
There was a man of God that was seeing great miracles, but he still wasn't seeing what the Bible said he should see in his life, and that bothered him. So he got alone with God and sought him out to find out, what am I missing? What am I doing wrong? Because the Bible tells me that I can lay hands on the sick. The Bible tells me that I can rebuke devils. The Bible, you know, the, the devil was not created in the image of God, but you are. He has nothing on you, Brenda, nothing. You know what one good sign is that you're, you're a giver? Is when you use coupons to save on your meals so you'll have more money to give away. Ouch, that's a good test. Our motive. You know how you can tell that you really believe in healing? Is when the devil attacks your body and you get mad. There's a righteous anger, guys. He said, be angry and sin not. There is a righteous anger. And when something attacks your body and you just get mad, I am not. I talked to the devil. I said, devil, I am not putting up with this. I'm telling you right now, devil, I am settled on this. I'm not going back. You might as well just leave because I am standing on a promise. That's what you have to do. When you start to get mad at sin, you're going to see some changes. We're not mad enough. We're not stirred. We come to church. We just kind of hang out and go home. We don't read the Bible during the week much. We don't pray much except in passing when you lift a burger to your mouth. We don't. We really don't spend much time with him at all. And we wonder where God is. He's everywhere. And he's everywhere you let him go with you. You can leave the house without him if you want to. Did you know that? He said, well, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, but you can. You can leave him and forsake him. You can. I can. But he will never. See, God will stay. See, no matter how you are, God's going to keep his promises. Well, then why do I don't see manifested? Because you don't believe. You don't believe. How do I believe? You spend time with him. You spend time with him. You get to know him. Have you gotten to know God better throughout your life as a Christian? Do you feel like you know him better? Is he more personal to you? Do you, know what he, do you ever get to the point where you know what he's getting ready to do because you know him so well? That's knowing God. We need to have a relationship with him. We need to pour out our lives into God's will for us. So that's how you can exercise your, your muscles. It's real important. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hope that scripture will never be the same to you again. So we exercise our faith muscles through, through thanksgiving, blessing, and taking authority. Folks, you'll never stop taking authority. As I mentioned, you will never stop. You will always be on guard. When you put on that armor, you never take it off again. You, you always have it on. Why? Because you're always going to need all the parts of the armor. You're going to need salvation. You're going to need faith. You're going to need the Word of God. You're going to need belt of, the belt of truth. You're going to need my feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. See, that's one thing we don't talk much about. My feet shod for the readiness of the gospel of peace. I'm ready to go. That's what it says. I'm ready to go. When you've done all you know to do to stand, that's your efforts. 
All you know to do is stand. Carlos, what your mind knows to do, you do. He says, once you've done all you know to do, then take that information and stand and not be moved. How many times do we take a stand and we leave it the next day? How many times do we claim God's promises before you know it? We're speaking the opposite out of our mouth. Whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. That's what happens. When someone pushes our button, things come out of our mouth. It's always been there, but it was triggered. And our faith is what we use to control it. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. The Scripture tells us that we are wonderfully made and fearfully made. Wonderfully and fearfully. We're fearfully made because we should be in awe of who God is. We should be in awe of what He's done in our lives. We should be in awe of the way He's made us. Not trying to find some excuse to believe in Darwin's theory, but believe and be in awe. We should be like children. We should be almost giddy thinking about the marvels of God, how awesome He is. He wants the best. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Brenda, I command you to be whole. In the name of Jesus, I command your mind to operate perfect. In the name of Jesus, I command your, your joints and muscles to work properly. Carlos, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be whole. I command your body to function perfect. I command both of you to be blessed beyond measure in the name of Jesus. I have that authority. And I speak it over you right now. Take it. Receive it. And don't ever let it go. Don't let your body tell you one thing and the devil tell you one thing when God's Word tells you another. You have the authority to receive and you have the authority to rebuke the devil and keep it. You do not, you do not, the devil does not take your healing. I lost my healing. You don't lose a healing. God doesn't take it back. You give it up. Because the body speaks louder than your faith. It speaks louder than your faith. You will be tested. I will be tested. But I don't know about the rest of you. But I tell you what, anytime something hits my body, I just rebuke it over and over. I don't care how many times I have to do it until the devil gets the word and backs off like he did with Job. Backs off like he did with Jesus in the desert. When the devil gets the word and knows that you mean it, he will back off. No, come on up, honey. Awesome. Okay, so try it now. Not working. Maybe it may be the battery, and if it no, it's a test, test, test. Test, test, test. Is it on? I got a, I got a red light, so it may be weak. Um, Wait a minute, here. Talk through that. Don't worry about it. 
let me tell you something, kids. That, that devil is a liar. He is a liar. And you know what? You can look at those curses that he wants to put on you, and you can say, devil, you are lying to me. You are lying to me. Yeah. You get away from me. Yeah. And you just rebuke that, that stuff. Yeah. You know what? You can do it every day, all the time. Whatever comes over you, whatever comes over your family, whatever it is. If I have uh, this in my family or that in my family, whatever it is, devil, you're a liar. You are trying to tell me a lie, and I rebuke that lie. I'm not taking that lie. Devil, I rebuke you. I rebuke Alzheimer's. I rebuke dementia. I rebuke uh, sickness. I rebuke uh, hard of hearing. Uh, all the different things. You put a rebuke on it, people. I'm telling you right now, God works. He works. He is faithful. Hallelujah. I'm stirred up today. Your faith, your faith will not endure unless it becomes a lifestyle. You don't test God and you don't try God. Someone may say, well, I tried him and it didn't work. Well, trying requires no faith at all. That's why it didn't work. You either get all the way in or you get all the way out. If you want the fullness of God in your life. God is faithful. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome word. And it's, it's a word, and she lives by that. She's not just excited over something. She lives that way all the time. And that's the way it has to be. You've got to walk in it, folks. You've got to walk it out. And God, but so God, what I'm saying is God has paid forward everything for us, as I've mentioned over and over again. Fearfully and wonderfully made, we are a marvel. They can't make us, they can't make a seed. See, even this whole thing about AI that we hear so much about anymore, listen to what I'm going to say about that, about AI. AI can only do what it's created to do. It's not a life. It can only feed off the information it's given it. And because of that information, we've, 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 we've created a mechanism for it to choose one or the other. That's what makes AI kind of dangerous. But it's not a life. You cannot recreate a seed. You cannot, on your own, recreate a baby or life. God does that. It's all His. And he is faithful and just. Speaking. They say that there's a part, as we wrap this up, they say there's a part of the brain, maybe in the front lobe, that's called, they have a name for it. It's in the front temporal area of the brain that, you, that is uh, voice activated. That's what they call it, voice activated. That's a part of your brain that responds to what you say. It's powerful. If you go around saying, I told you the story about a gentleman that they prayed for that was dying, and he died. And the wife and the mother said this about him. All his life, he said he was going to die from what his dad died from and when his dad died. He said that his life. Now, <clears throat> that doesn't mean it's going to happen because you said it. But hear what I'm going to say. If you say it enough to where you believe it, that's when faith kicks in. He died what his dad died of 
He died the same year his dad died. He spoke it until he believed it. If you speak things out, oh, it's going to be an awful day, and you really believe what you're saying, or you submit yourself to that, that authority, and you start believing it and you have faith in it, you can, your mind will start to cause you to feel the way you're talking. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it where people have hypnotized someone and they would touch them with a rod, but it was just a cold rod, but they told them it was hot, and they touched it, the body swelled up with a blister. The mind is, folks, the mind, that's why we're fearfully made. Do you know why we're fearfully made? Because we, if we believe, we have the authority to speak to mountains. That's fearfully made. And the devil knows you have that authority. See, God sent his son in a spacesuit called a human body. God chose to speak through the body. He created Adam and Eve, their bodies, and they spoke through them. Uh, people throughout the generations and years, God chooses to work through people like Paul and the apostles and you and me. The devil has to use a body. There's a difference. The devil, that's why they, they asked the demons, asked to go into the pigs, because they had to have a body to function. So where God chose to use the body to operate his presence, the devil has to. Do not give him your body. Do not give him room in your mind. Do not give him any place in your house. Watch what you watch on TV and you listen to. Watch what you say. We've anointed our house when they put the foundation blocks in. We anointed it. We've anointed our house since then. We speak life. You will choose this day. See, there's our present God. Choose you this day who you'll serve. What are you blessing? What are you cursing? You will see and reap the results of what you see and believe, what you truly believe. We've all heard stories where they have taken plants and had harsh music over one and soft, soothing music over the other, and the harsh one, the plant shriveled up and died, and the other one flourished. Snowflakes, they've done the same things where they would scream at snowflakes, and others they would speak kind words, and the, and the ones that were spoken harshly to uh, got distorted and broken up and disformed. Folks, we, we have great authority in our voice. We have great authority in our lives. And what authority are you going to yield to? The authority of the devil that we give to him or one to God? So we have to decide how we're going to live our life. Do you want to go? Here's a simple question. Do you want to go deeper? Do you want to see more miracles? Do you want to see more manifestations? I challenge you to change your lifestyle. If you're not seeing these things, you're going to have to change your lifestyle to build up the inner man so that you can operate in the spirit. Folks, we live in a functioning world, and there are laws. But we are not to operate. This is what I want to finish with next week. We are not to operate in functional authority. We operate in the spirit. The devil operates in spiritual realms. God is spirit. That's where the war's at. It manifests in the physical, but that's not where the war's at. The war 
war is not with physical cancer. The war is with where you stand spiritually to take authority. It's very serious. We've got to want to go deeper. I can't make you want to go deeper. I can't make you hungry. But I can present some choices to you and encourage you. And myself, folks, I'm talking to me too. We've got to be willing to change if we want to see change. Right? We've got to be willing to see it, see change if we're going to see change. We've got to make a change in our own lives. We are his vessel. Isaiah 44, 3. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. What's the opposite of that? Curse. Our lives can curse our offspring and our descendants. Or our life, through Jesus, giving him authority, can cause his spirit to be poured out on our descendants and our offspring. This is the ultimate paying forward, is when we do that. See what, give, see, what God has paid forward for you is not just for you. It's for your descendants. It's for your neighbors. It's for your coworkers. What God has poured into you, you are to pour into others. And everything goes through faith. That spiritual run that we operate in manifests in the physical through faith. We just need to understand our war is not flesh and blood. The scripture tells us that, right? Our war is spiritual in high places. And that is where we win or lose the battles, is in the spiritual realms. So you've got to build up the inner man. Spend more time with him in the word if you want a revelation and greater faith and a manifestation of what he's paid for to come through your life. Would you like to lay hands on someone you meet on the street that's sick and they're healed? Would you like that? He's promised it already. He said, I give you authority. Right before he went to heaven, he said it one more time. Lay hands on the sick. Look it up. Lay hands on the sick. Right before he went up, one more time. Lay hands on the sick. Why does he care about that? You can't, you can't do much for God if you're sick. You can't bless people financially unless you have more than you need financially. See, God wants to bless you financially so you can bless others. And it'll keep pouring into your life. Same thing with spiritual. The more we pray, the more we do His will, the more we believe in our spiritual realms inside, it'll flow out. I want to talk about this as we close next week on the difference between functional authority and operating in spiritual authority. Jesus, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for helping us. My wonderful things my wife shared and these wonderful people. Lord, these are... These are what we call the fanatics. These are the ones that were willing to come to church before church service to get fed in these connect groups. The ones that are with us today, these are the ones that are more serious. May we as a whole church be more serious. May we hunger for righteousness. May we hunger for your word to be manifest in a service because we've been obedient to Christ in the spirit. We bless you, Father. I speak blessing over Brenda and Carlos and everyone here. I speak blessings over you. In the name of Jesus, be whole. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. In the name of Jesus, prosper in your finances and your, your uh, home life. In the name of Jesus, I speak blessings over everything 
that our life touches, that it may be whole. God, you want us whole, not broken, so that we can minister to others. We praise you, Father. We glorify you. We thank you. We praise you. You are so worthy. You are so holy. Amen. Folks, please hit like and share on your phone that we can get this word out. Please hit like and share on your phones. And any comments, please leave them. We'd love to hear from you. So, well, next Sunday, we will wrap this up with a review of some points that we've gone over so far next week on part 15 of paying it forward. Thank you.